This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we as an industry can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and directors at camphacker.tv. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. This podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp, no matter what you call it, whether it's staff training or orientation or leadership training. This critical time period prepares your staff to fulfill all those promises that you make to parents and customers throughout the rest of the year. So welcome to the first episode of season two. We hope you all had a wonderful summer of growth and learning and are excited to get to work on the summer of 2015. And we are so thrilled to once again begin our podcast for this coming camp season. So why don't we start the year off right by introducing ourselves. So Ruby, why don't we start with you? Great, thanks. I'm Ruby Compton. I'm the summer camp program director at Green River Preserve. Uh, We are located on a 3,400-acre private wildlife preserve in the Blue Ridge Mountains in western North Carolina, Uh, and really looking forward to this upcoming season. I think we've got some fun stuff to share with you all. Great. And my name's uh, Gabrielle Rail, and I'm one of the directors at Camp Oro. Uh, Camp Oro is an all-girls camp situated in the Laurentians of Quebec, and we run a bilingual uh, program, French and English, for girls. And I'm also equally just as excited because <laughs> I think some of us might have learned some lessons over the summer that we can partake <laughs> in this season. So that'll be good. Great. And I'm Beth Allison. I am one of the owners of Camp Hacker, and I am currently a camp consultant, and I focus on leadership training. That is my passion. But I was a camp director and an executive director for 15 years uh, at first one and then five summer camps in central Ontario. So we're excited to get started, so why don't we? Um, Our topic for the first podcast that we have chosen is Start Working on Training Now, or as some of us like to ask, how can I even begin to think about next year? So Ruby, why don't you tell us why we chose this topic for our first episode? Sure thing. So the reality of it is to plan a really great leadership training, it takes about a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you start now, you're going to be able to really look at what went well, what didn't go well, and give that the time that it deserves. Uh, while also especially being able to get buy-in from your staff as you hire them. If you already have a vision for uh, what your staff training is going to be, maybe you've already picked out a theme or seen some of the things you definitely want to do this upcoming year, those are questions that you can ask to your return staff. Those are questions you can directly address in your interviews for new staff uh, and helping you identify folks that are going to be 100% on board with your mission going forward. Great. Now, about a week or two ago, the three of us got on a Skype call because we just had to catch up. We just had to see how everybody was doing after the summer. And we had this great discussion that I said, okay, hold on, hold on, no more discussing because I think this is good um, to start off our first podcast. So I want to ask you both, what are you doing right now for yourselves to make training great for 2015? So Gab, why don't we start with you? How are you taking care of yourself? Um, I think, well, I think that's the first thing Beth is, is probably taking care of yourself and, and it depends on your summer. I I know that some executive directors, um, particularly in the, in Quebec, um, 
their role as a summer camp director is really not about being on site. It's about running the business, taking mm -hmm. care of marketing. So they really have nine to five hours. Uh, they have weekends off. Um, it's unheard of to a lot of <laughs> yes. the rest of the camping uh, industry, I think, across Canada and perhaps in the U.S. But that's sort of how, how you know, how it works. And, but the, the advantage of that is that they can... Um, get their programs running right at the beginning of September. They're well rested, and I think if you're a hands-on director, meaning you live on site or you're you're, you know, you're part of the program, daily programs and functions, and uh, you know the you know water pipe broke type director, <laughs> you need to figure this out. Um, I think there's a, a a really important rest time after camp that's that really needs a, your whole office needs to serve that break. And especially for those uh, people that have also fall programs, where do you take that time off? And uh, so for, for myself, since we're two directors, um, one of the directors stays up at camp and runs our fall program, whereas I rest a little bit during that time. And then um, when she starts resting, I'm starting to do staff hiring and, uh, you know, uh, you know, looking over their camp surveys and so on and so forth. So we were able to alternate some of uh, some of the duties, but I really just take it easy, basically um, try to sleep and rest. And um, <laughs> growing up as a as a camp kid, where my parents were professionals in in the camping industry, um, we would have friends that were camp directors, and they'd come over. And I remember one group of camp directors who showed pictures of their after camp vacation and it was basically 80% of them like taking pictures of each other sleeping uh, <laughs> and I was like yeah that's what happens after camp everybody <laughs> sleeps I, I felt like that was normal but I I don't know if all camp directors realize that it, it's very important to sort of really just listen to your body and uh, sort of program it in before the summer even starts that you you need mm. to take the time off um, some people like going away I I like going away when I'm rested, so I rest <laughs> yeah. at home and then I'll go, to, go away later. Yeah, that's great. And I think that yeah. key piece is to plan it ahead of time so you actually have time to do those kinds of things and take care of yourself. Right, because you can't, you can't rest if you know, okay, I need to get registration mm -hmm. started, mm -hmm. I need to do this. That just doesn't, that's not restful. Um, so you, you really do need to sort of, you know, and maybe maybe it's three days, maybe it's four days, maybe it's a week. That, that depends on, on your organization, but... Um, I certainly know, and studies have definitely shown that when you're worn out, you know, you're half as productive. Mm -hmm. You know, there's studies of people just sitting in front of a computer and, you know, moving at the speed of molasses, basically, right. <laughs> um, because they're exhausted, preoccupied, and it, it really is for productivity. So if you're one of those people that feels a little bit guilty, say, I'm doing it for productivity. Right. And you also don't make the best decisions when you're tired. Yeah, so. emotional decisions, and you need that. Uh, we can't, we say this on Camp Code all the time, but you need to step back. You need perspective, and you need that subconscious part of you, that genius part of you, to sort of work. And you can, it can only work if you, you know, take a walk through a park and get change mm -hmm. your environment, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, change the people you spend time with. Um, on the flip side, though, I do like to get together with a bunch of camp directors who are close friends of mine. Um, we go out for a couple of drinks, and it's inevitable that we're going to talk about our summer. <laughs> yeah. And that's very mm -hmm. helpful because camp directors don't have necessarily a place to share their their ups and downs. And, uh, you know, usually it's more of the downs that, that are discussed 
uh, during these evenings. But <laughs> it's, you know, it, it's, it's very helpful and you get to hear other people's stories and, yeah. um, and that puts things in perspective as well. So I do that once I'm a little bit more rested, but I do get together. There's a bunch of us that get together and, and ha- that I trust and we have a very nice evening and yeah, we have a, a great <laughs> hemp conversation. Good. Great. Ruby, other than sleeping and getting together with camp friends, what else do you do? So for me, one of the biggest things that I have to do is reset my physical space. Uh, so this summer I, it became very clear to me that I I didn't do a very good job with paperwork management and there was all this paperwork that would end up in my office and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll deal with it later. And it just stacked up. And then I also had a rabbit for the first time living in my (laughs) office, which just additionally made it look like a nest. Um, so taking three days and it took that long to organize everything in my office, move out the stuff that was done that I didn't need in there from the summer um, you know, rearranging the space. And, and that's actually happened in several offices. Like I got a bookshelf now. That's really exciting. <laughs> um, but all those things that help set me up for, okay, I've closed the door on 2014. Uh, now I can look at 2015, even though I've been looking at 2015 since January. Um, it really provides that space. And it's the same with my house too, like taking a day or two off uh, from work to just clean and straighten and organize my house because I'm sure we all experience that personal space doesn't get a lot of attention during the summer. Um, and so needing it to feel like, okay, I'm in the off season now, this feels more like what I'm used to, um, is, is so critical for me. Uh, and I, I have to echo what, uh, Gab said about getting together with other camp directors mm-hmm. Um, that has been something that is very much on my radar. Part of it is that I've, I'm an extrovert and I need to talk to people and, and bounce ideas and whatever else. But even in the last couple of weeks, being able to call up folks and say, hey, let's go have coffee and just kind of talk through some of the challenge that, challenges that I've had, things that they're facing. And I'm finding people that I didn't know were facing similar challenges. Mm-hmm. And now I have this ally that I can work with and talk to throughout the whole year. Um, and, and this is a good time to, to make some of those connections and set up that time because everybody's needing the, the debrief and the, ah, you know, um, so I, I cannot echo enough how important I think that is too. And I think what we run into for most of us at summer camp is that we're often the oldest person on site or one of the older people on site. And there's not really that um, colleague there that we can have those discussions with because um, if you need to talk about some of the stuff that didn't go so well as Gab was saying you probably don't want to do that with your seasonal staff so um, you know it's nice to have those other connections and I, I have to echo the part about um, sort of cleaning up and putting stuff away uh, I don't feel the need to be quite as sort of visually organized as Ruby does but um, I remember one year, Travis and I used to live on site, so um, that first week after summer was over, we had it organized that we could just sleep and kind of close camp down because we did have fall programming that came later. But I remember not sort of making sure that offices were clean and staff lounges, all that kind of stuff, and just being so tired that we didn't care. And we you know, went to the camp house for a week and then came back a week later, and it was just sort of devastating to see that all that was still there. Um, and sort of those remnants and visual reminders of the summer before. So getting that stuff done before you kind of go sleep and do all those things is important for me anyway. Um, and also eating really 
fresh food, food that's different from camp food. Um, I mean, some of us may have had really great camp food, but just doing stuff that's different and nourishing your body the way Gab said to listen to your body. Um, and the other thing that we did, because we were it, we were sort of the bottom line there. We didn't have an executive director that sort of, um, did all those things. And then when we became direct executive directors, we still, still did all those things anyway. <laughs> um, but we made sure that all of our, you know, any answering machines or email settings, vacation settings were on so that people understood where we were, when we would be back and why we were sort of not completely available at the moment and have obviously, um, somebody set up to answer any emergency calls. Um, if something came up that a parent absolutely had to talk to one of us during the week. So that way we felt we could safely just sort of disappear, um, for four or five days and just sleep and, and maybe eat and maybe watch Netflix. I don't know, something that was just really relaxing, um, before we got the big push to get started. So now that we sort of have talked about that, what is it that you both are doing right now to get ready for training? Gab, why don't we start with you? Um, basically I have a, um, I started this a couple of years ago and I know a lot of camp directors have this. And I, so I, I just, I think it is important, but, um, I'm, I'm not one to, to remain organized. I like organization. I need organization, but I don't, uh, I struggle with it anyways. <laughs> so, but there is one thing that I do. Um, and I do it regularly and that's my, uh, next season, you know, this, and it's basically my daily, jots of, you know, what was awesome that day and, um, what really, you know, sucked, like, why did this happen? Mm. Why did the staff member didn't know about this or how come, you know, our parents weren't aware that they were supposed to come at this time, so on and so forth. And, and basically I look through, I look through my, that book on my own. Um, I go to a restaurant, a coffee shop, whatever, a nice place. And I just flip through it. And I start highlighting. There's usually there's there's one or two topics that pop up mm. over and over again. So they get you know a you know the orange highlighter and there's green highlighters and all that kind of stuff. But there, it's my own personal notes, and it also it just helps me gauge what what I need to focus on because it's really mm. from me. It's not influenced by anybody else. Um, and so I really look at that. And it even has a couple of notes on certain staff members that on their performance that I was impressed by or that I'd like to talk to them if they come back next year. And of course we have our official, uh, forms and we have all of that kind of stuff, but just to, for me to reconnect with my summer, um, I go through, uh, this book and it, it's very, very helpful. Um, and it also allows me to think about, um, which I've said before, I, I like to take time and think, you know, why am I doing this job? Do I want to do this? Um, again this year and, um, and what are my reasons? Why are my personal reasons? Because as we talked about at the beginning of the show, you know, what are you doing to take care of yourself? Uh, camp directors, anybody actually in any job, if you have a, you know, a, a full-time position somewhere, it's something that you can take for granted or just do because that's what you've been doing for year mm -hmm. after year. And I think people that are in, in camps that, uh, they're born into or they're, you know, their families own the camp, but sometimes it's what's expected of them. And so mm -hmm. they never thought of doing something else. And, uh, or maybe you started there young and it, you know, and you feel like you owe something to the camp, but I think it really has to come down with, do you want to do this again? And what are your reasons? So it's almost a mini 
re-interview for yourself. Um, you know, who is interviewing you? Who is asking the tough questions? What do you need to change? And I think that those personal notes that I write to myself are very helpful because at the end of the summer, it's like all of the hard things are kind of like, well, you know, now they're done. It's all good. And you sort of forget like how difficult some stuff was. Those, my mm-hmm. notes really bring it back, and, <laughs> <laughs> especially in how dark the pencils were, you know, <laughs> scratched onto the paper. What? <laughs> what the exclamation <laughs> uh, But but it's it's that's what I that's what I do is basically for staff training. As I look at that, I look at myself. I rehire myself, if you will, um, and and uh, and then that makes me feel like every year when I go back in, this is. I'm doing what I chose. I'm excited to do mm-hmm. this. I know it's hard. I know I'm getting myself into, but uh, I chose this and that sort of empowers me. And then it motivates me to start looking at staff trading, which is sometimes very difficult. Uh, you know, when you need to get campers, you need to work on your marketing. Um, maybe you need to fundraise. There's a whole bunch of stuff that you need to do. And staff training can really get pushed until right. the panic time. And uh, you know, but you realize you know, that, that staff training is pretty much what, what will get your clients to come back every year. So it's good to start it then. So that's basically, that's the, that's the number one thing I do. Amen. That's great. Brilliant. Okay. Ruby. Um, so we, we eval our staff a lot. Uh, that is, we ask them for feedback a lot. Uh, and so I put together a whole evaluations notebook. Um, so I, I think I actually spend more time looking at what they've said versus what I'm thinking. But I think that's a really key piece of when you're looking at staff training next year, think about what it was you were spending all your time on mm-hmm. um, and what was frustrating you. I think that's critical because that's, that's giving yourself an easier summer, theoretically, uh, you know, because um, you don't want to be making the same mistakes over and over again. Uh, but for me, a lot of times where, I, where I'm looking at starting is looking back at the staff training eval that we handed out at the end of training um, that really outlines every single session and see what people thought about the different things. Uh, and some of it you have to take with a grain of salt. I mean, mm-hmm. we had uh, last summer, we got to go see Michael Brandwine in person, and it was at the end of our staff training. So we had covered a lot of the stuff that he talked about, but when you hear it straight from him, like it, it's magical, <laughs> right? And uh, I had lots of people put on the eval, like, this is redundant, you know, we shouldn't have done this, we could have been doing something else, whatever. But then, you know, into session one and session two, I had staff coming to me with big wide eyes going, everything he said works, (laughs) (laughs) and just like totally shocked. And so, you know, you can't necessarily take it all word for word, you have to look at the big picture. Um, But looking at what they, what was effective there what they appreciated, what, you know, they wanted more of, those sorts of things. Uh, But then looking at what were the issues that came up, because we ask our staff at the end of every session as well to eval the session. And um, so looking at, are there, again, things that are consistent? Are there things Mm -hmm. that I'm seeing over and over and over again that were problems? Um, Is there an attitude, a general attitude that people have about something that, you know, did did we set that attitude in staff training? Because we probably did intentionally or not. 
Um, and so that's those, that's my paperwork that I flip through. And, and, and we also put all the camper evals in there too. So right next to where I'm reading what the staff are saying, I'm able to look and see what the campers took away too. And sometimes the camper's perspective on something is really different. Mm. Um, and, and I think that that's really key to have in your hands as you're talking with the rest of your year round team about how the summer went. Um, I've definitely had situations where the staff said, this program was miserable. We hated it. It was terrible. Don't ever do it again. But you look at the camper evals and they were like, it was my favorite thing all summer. <laughs> uh, and so there's something going on there that you need to figure out. Right. Uh, but it, it, you can't just look at each eval and go, oh, yes, okay, I'm getting rid of this uh, because this says so. Um, right. And I think sometimes people fall into that trap. You get one negative eval, okay, get rid of it. That's not necessarily the way it should be. Great. Um, for me, I haven't been a camp director for a few years, but at this time of year, what I was doing um, was sending letters to all of my staff and thanking them. And of course, we'd thank them at the end of the summer and do all that sort of thing. But to get something a month later after camp has ended, uh, it was always handwritten. It took a lot of time, but I found that it was really meaningful and it really helped um, the staff member more than it helped me. But again, of course, that's circular. And so come next summer, it, it helped me too. Um, and I was thinking that if you're not a, a letter writer, you could send short video messages um, to your staff members, just naming at least sort of three things they did that you're really grateful for, or explaining how they made your job easier, how they left their mark at camp. And just having that thing that comes after camp is over and they're back in school or they're back at work um, was really important. And some of those letters or messages um, should be saying what you want them to do next summer at camp or what you're hoping they will be, um, you know, doing throughout the year to prepare for camp. And hopefully you've already planted those seeds, uh, but this is just a way to reaffirm that. So I spent some time early on in September always doing that. And then for me, it was always imperative to really sort of fill my social media calendar with all of those items that were really specific to the staff. So deciding what it, we wanted to highlight like once a week or something on whatever social media, and there's so much more of it now than there was when I was directing, um, but highlighting things like what the staff learned this summer, what they gave to camp, all of those kinds of things. And that, that to me is like a threefold bonus. So staff get to see how much they were appreciated. It reinforces all the good work that they did. Um, but it also lets parents see how much effort you put into your staff, um, how important that training is to your organization and how hard the staff worked. Often parents don't get to see that bit of, and that piece of camp. And it also gives campers a taste of what it will be like when they want to be on staff. So it just ensures the importance of camp will be with them, um, year round and in the minds of your staff. And, um, the other thing I would do is read and I would get my hands on anything I could. Um, so books, blogs, e-newsletters, whatever it is. Now there's YouTube videos to watch or listen to podcasts. Um, all those kinds of things that, um, would help me figure out what's new in the industry this year, who's new in the industry this year, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, Another thing that I was doing, obviously, was answering parents' concerns because sometimes they wouldn't show up till now um, and just making sure that they understood we took them very seriously and, as Ruby and Gap has said, making notes um, then on sessions and topics that we needed to cover next year because of that um, and also not just thinking about training but with that kind of information in the evaluation that Gab and Ruby have both spoken about was reviewing and tweaking hiring practices 
uh, for the coming year so that um, I knew what I needed to get out of interviews or hiring days of stuff that I didn't see in the past summer that I really wanted. So that's what I would do at this time of year anyway. Um, and Ruby's already touched on this topic a little bit, um, but how do you evaluate what worked and what didn't? What questions should you be asking? So we're just going to delve into that just a little bit more so we can get a bit more specific before we move on to our next question. So Gab, how do you evaluate what works, what didn't? Besides making your own little notes in a book so that you can <laughs> self-evaluate, but what yeah. else did you do? Um, I mean, we do, we do the staff evaluation and we do camper evaluation and parent evaluation. So there's, you know, there's three groups that we're evaluating from, um, and that we're reviewing about. Um, but what I like to do, um, personally, one of my favorite things to do is when we're trying to implement change is, is looking at certain, um, uh, similarities in a two year period. So, so it's, it's, of course, if there's like a big thing or specific to an individual, that's addressed. But if there's a general sort of mention of something, um, I find that if you, if you change it right away, just because there's one group, you know, didn't particularly like it, then you might be missing the actual reason why that's an issue. Perhaps it's, um, it was the tone of the program or perhaps it was, you know, the staff member that was running the program and not necessarily the program itself. But if you see that there's a certain, um, um, you know, reoccurring uh, comments, then that then that's when we look at if we should change something. Um, that being said, if there's a reoccurring comment through a parent, child, and staff in one year, then we look at it immediately. Mm. Um, so that's something that, that really helps us. So we look at some of the similarities amongst the three groups, and then we also look at um, similarities from the year before. Um, that takes a little bit of organization, but actually I find that for the most part, comments really do can be categorized fairly clearly and to an individual experience, to a group experience, and then to a community experience. Um, and and if when you do it that way, then you really can see you know, what's coming up, uh, you know, over and over again. So basically it's comparing different, uh, surveys and, and looking at that. And then that helps us make, um, educated decisions on what we're going to change. The other thing I think to keep in mind is that, uh, you have your own personal experiences and just because you're viewing it from a certain lens, it doesn't mean that everybody else is viewing it from that lens. And sometimes what happens is that because we're the captain of the ship, um, our decisions have to be actually very, very small uh, compared to other people because it has such a huge sway. So to really verify if you're going to be making any changes, as you mentioned, you know, uh, your hiring practices, um, you know, you might have had a sort of lens on how we, how you hire people, but, it, you know, you need to check and see with the team that you're working with, that people that have been hired before you start making those decisions. So also check your lens uh, in the, in that survey so that you're not just focused on your own personal experience and this is what we need to change. Mm, wise words. Mm. And that's, I've found too, the number one question that return staff ask me in interviews when I'm doing their return staff interview and I say, do you have any questions? Every single time the question is what's going to be different this year. Mm. Uh, it's something that they're concerned about. It's something they're nervous about. It's something they're excited about. Uh, and so being ready for that question, 
is is really important, but it's just it's been come glaringly clear to me that it's something that's forefront on their mind. Is what are the changes? How is it going to look different this year? And um, I like to be able to, in general, assuming it's been a good summer, say it's going to mostly look the same. Here's this little thing here and this little <laughs> thing here, but um, but it also is that opportunity to really address those changes and be upfront about them, which is key. Um, so I just had two things. I think as far as looking at the questions to ask, um, I am a, a big follower of, um, of Chris Thurber, as I think many of us are, Dr. Chris Thurber. Um, and he gives a great session and, and discussion on appreciative inquiry. Uh, so the concept of asking first the question, what went well, what was good this summer? Um, what went well during staff training? What went well over the course of the whole summer? If you first focus on the negative things, um, it is much harder to problem solve. You are, I mean, scientifically speaking, the studies are out there, and, and he does a great exercise with this in one of his sessions if you ever attend one during a conference. Um, but the concept of if you're just thinking about what is the problem, what did we do wrong, you are not going to have as creative or as interesting or you know, solution-oriented solutions that are going to come up. You're going to find that you're having a lot harder time solving those problems. But when you first start with the question, what went well, um, you set yourself up that uh, the, the mindset is less like, oh, we have all these terrible things going on in our lives and everything was awful. It's like, oh, this wasn't quite right. Let's see how we can tweak or change um, to make that work. Uh, so I, I would encourage you, if you're not familiar with appreciative inquiry, um, to look that up and learn more about it or attend a session on it. Uh, because it, it certainly has changed how I address problems, or and, and it's not even just in my camp life, but in my whole life. Um, the other thing is, I've, I've seen this done at, at several different camps, um, is during staff training, having a, a marker board or a piece of paper uh, that's the question board, right? Uh, so during staff training, you set up, if you have a question about something um, that we haven't addressed, write it up here. And you can do that in your free time. It's, you know, during meals, whenever it is that you might have a question. We mentioned something, but we didn't explain that acronym or we didn't tell you where something was or why this building exists um, to have that board available. And so I would recommend making that be something that's on a big sheet of paper that you can fold up uh, and store and pull that out this time of year because that's going to show you here are some of the little things um, and maybe we need to do a session on it. Here are some things that we, we tend to miss. You can look at that year after year uh, and see what it is that, that people are still having questions about. And some of those things are going to be things that it's you don't have to do a 25-minute session on why this building exists or <laughs> where they're supposed to put this thing, right? Like, that's okay. Um, but to see where some of those reoccurring questions are going to be, um, I think is going to give you a, a glimpse of what people are thinking. So. I think a lot of times the temptation is to, to like put it on a marker board and then erase the question as soon as you've answered it. And it kind of helps you feel like you have progress. You know, you're checking stuff off the list. And that's fine. Just make sure somebody's writing those questions down so you know uh, what, what those questions were. Great. Um, one of the things that we always did to evaluate was we actually read the reports we had our program staff write. They would spend days, sometimes you know, weeks writing them. And it was really important that we read them thoroughly so that we were not only hearing about their program areas and all that kind of stuff, but in our reports, we asked them for their opinions about summer camp and um, in general. And so 
realizing that those reports aren't just for the person who will do that job next year, but there's a wealth of information as a camp director in those reports for you to hear things that maybe they didn't tell you in person, even though you asked them many times in evaluations. I think that's really important. Um, you'll hear me say on Camp Hacker hundreds of times, because I'm a firm believer in it, but big picture is our job as camp professionals. As camp directors, you have to have the big picture. And so year after year, we tried to create ways in, uh, to make that easier for ourselves. And so um, because camp directors came to me and sort of asked that information uh, about a year ago, I created um, a little ebook called Back on Track, which you can actually buy on the Camp Hacker website and is beautifully illustrated by Gabrielle Rail. Um, but it's a tool to help you build on the good stuff. And so it's a two-day process um, that you evaluate with some of your full-time staff or your leadership team or people that um, you know who are higher up in the ranks in terms of your camping industry. And it really helps you to gain insight into what went right, what didn't, what changes you want to make, um, those sorts of things. So it's all laid out for you um, nice and simply. And as I said, it's beautiful to look at, um, but that has nothing to do with my talent. Um, and uh, it's just an easier way to sort of do that process. And um, for me, I think it's sort of trying to figure out where you want to be at the end of 2015. What do you want to hear your camp staff and your campers and your parents say to you at the end of 2015? And working backwards. So um, writing that out and whether that for you is words or, you know, pictures or graphs or whatever works for you, um, but sort of figuring out where you want to be and then deciding what you need to do to get there. Um, and that takes a while. It's not like done in an hour. Um, and so in back on track, it's, it's two days that you set aside, but, um, working backwards through the calendar year and what do you need to do in each month in order to get where you want to go and put all of these things in a nice organized calendar for yourself. Like, what do I need to do in September, October, November, and so on. Um, and as I said, I'm not one of those super organized people. It, it tends to come very easily to some people like Ruby. She's excellent at that sort of thing, but that's not my strength, but I needed to do that for myself, um, was to block it out because as a camping professional, we all know we're going to have those days next May, June, July, August, September, where we're going to get to the end of them and say, I'm exhausted. I worked all day and I accomplished absolutely nothing on my to-do list. Um, so we need to be sure that we've blocked out a year in advance what needs to get done so that we can be sure certain things don't forget don't get forgotten um, because we all know those days are ahead of us. Um, they're going to happen next summer too where we're going to have, you know, 300 knocks on the office door or have problems that we need to go solve and we didn't get to things that we had put on our schedule. Um, so that for me is really important. Um, I got this great quote from Simon Sinek. I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek and he talks about the why principle. Um, and he said on his Facebook page yesterday, I think, which I immediately wrote down because it was perfect for this podcast. And he said, look down from as high as possible, look ahead as far as you can and then decide what to do. And I thought, this man gets me. It's big picture. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, so really trying to think that uh, when it's quiet, when your office is more quiet than it will be next May, June, July, and August. Um, and what we're hearing at Camp Hacker is a lot of how do you hire the right people? How do you get staff on board? So they're all at camp for all the right reasons. So my answer, obviously, is put that huge effort into hiring and training because there is no other way to do it. Um, 
I'm going to skip ahead to the next question because we've kind of, the one we had prepared for you, we've sort of already talked about and um, I think really sort of um, touched on quite a bit. So are there any other tips that you would have for how you would start working on training now? Um, you may want to talk about how you, um, how you want to repeat or not repeat some of the things you did last year, that sort of thing. But let's sort of blend that into one category. So Gab, why don't we start with you? Um, <laughs> great. Uh, I think, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think get inspired. Um, you know, you know, take a class. What's exciting about how mm. that person's teaching you? Um, you know, watch some videos, learn something new. It, you know, it's all of this, all of this at the beginning of the season before you start planning your staff uh, training um, is really, really helpful in the sense of, of trying to get out of the things that you do over and over again, because your staff have experienced the over and over again. Um, you know, so I sort of, I like to, I like to, you know, learn something new, get inspired, see what's online. And in that sense, basically, you know, it, it just helps me look at staff training from, from a little bit of a different angle. And then the other thing, which is if you've been around for a, a little while, um, you can, you can go back to old favorites where staff members that mm -hmm. it's basically the three year rule. So if you did something awesome three years ago, which means that you'll be going into year four, you can, we, you can re reuse it again. <laughs> and so, uh, the best way I find to do this is sort of brainstorm quickly, uh, with perhaps somebody else that's been there for a long time. Some of your favorite moments about staff training and then if you're also like me who doesn't really remember, you know, timelines, um, basically I answer campers when they're like, when was this done? Or how I'm like, it's basically three years, seven years <laughs> or 10 years ago. And then, or it's from the 1940s. <laughs> so that, those, that's my timeline. I've realized that those are my three sort of four dates. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's been three years. It's been seven years. It's been since the 1940s. So, um, <laughs> That building's 1940s, 1940s. So anyways, so basically ask a staff member that's been there for three years, did you experience this program? Did you experience this staff training? If you don't, if you're not very good at, at timelines and then bring back some of those oldies because they made an impact enough for you to remember it. And chances are, <clears throat> if it's adapted to the group that you're getting for 2015, um, it'll make another great impact and you've already gone through it. So it's fresh for them. You've already done it. Ha ha ha. That's <laughs> a, a great win. idea. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Ruby, any other tips? Yeah. Um, I want to echo what you said about, about asking those questions and debriefing and, and the back on track tool is so incredible as far as being able to steer that conversation. Um, if you are not taking at least a day to look back at your summer with your year-round team, you need to. Um, mm -hmm. I, I can't say that firmly enough. Um, and having been in places where that wasn't something that was done and being in places where it's valued, it, the insights that you get are incredible. And one of the things that we do uh, at that meeting is we pull up the list of all the things we talked about and kind of all those action items and things that maybe needed to change um, from the summer before, and we look at how we did. Uh, I mean, that's, that's one key element of that day. The other thing to, to keep in mind on that day, we set very specific ground rules for that day. 
um, and that is we are only looking back at 2014. And so we're not necessarily sitting here saying this is what we're going to do in 2015. We are that is a different day. Absolutely. Uh, and and that's so key. And it, and that's a phrase that comes up many times a lot during that day. Of like, okay, now we're kind of getting in 2015. Let's pause that thought there. And that's going to be this other day. Um, but do take that time because it's going to ensure some communication between your year-round team probably point out some issues that maybe you didn't realize were issues um, and, and also allow you to kind of air some dirty laundry too. Like there were things that I felt like I didn't do very well this summer. And so having the opportunity to share that with everybody else and say, this problem, this problem, and this problem all stemmed from this that didn't go very well. Uh, and I think being, people being able to take ownership of that, it, it just builds credibility within that team, but also refocuses everybody going forward. So I, I cannot say it enough. Debrief. Take the time. It is valuable. I know a day may seem like, oh, my gosh, how could we possibly talk about the summer for a whole day? It's not enough time, but <laughs> take at least a day to do it. Um, I think one of the, the lessons that I really learned this summer is we were in a summer where we had a lot of new staff. Uh, and repetition is so critical. Um, this was the first time that I had really learned the lesson and, and saw this moment play out several times where it was like, we told you that during staff training. I know we told you that during staff training. <laughs> I remember when I told you that, or this person told you that. I even remember when we told you it again. Um, but, but repetition is really important, I think, especially when you're looking at that staff uh, that is a lot of the new folks when you're on one of those years that just make sure you're reiterating. And, and we've talked about some different ways to do that on some of our various podcasts. Um, I think Beth's idea of, you know, getting the whole group together at the end of the day and, and asking them, like, what are some of the lessons, the key take-homes that we've, ta- we've learned today? I wish I had done more of that this summer because I think it, it would have locked in some of those lessons that it was like, I know we talked about it. I know we did it effectively, but clearly like it just didn't stick. Um, so, so really look at ways to, to reiterate and, and debrief again, debrief your day, um, and debrief training. And, you know, we are fortunate that in our summer schedule, we're able to run in-service trainings at the beginning of every session. So we have two hours of professional development five times during the summer, which is great. It's a luxury and I love it. Um, and realize that some of that time may be you may need to look back at training and go, hey, remember during training when we did this? We're going to talk about that some more. Um, but, yeah, repetition. That was a big lesson learned this summer. Excellent. Um, my extra tips, are there are a few of them. So one, especially if you're a not-for-profit camp, uh, get those line items in your budget right now. So make sure um, if you're setting your budget for 2015 that you are booking in uh, money for conferences, training weekends, skills weekends, whatever sorts of things will make your staff better. Uh, Make sure you get those line items in your budget so you're not scrambling next year or missing opportunities because you didn't plan ahead for that. Um, Planning ahead to schedule when you're going to reach out to your staff. So it's never an afterthought, and so it's a regular occurrence. So it's just part of your um, weekly routine or daily routine, however you want to make that work for you. But scheduling it in so it doesn't get lost or um, becomes an afterthought. 
Um, another thing I would recommend is to decide how you're going to recruit new staff. So um, are you putting things out on university or college boards? Are you going through your local organization, the Ontario Camping Association or the ACA or the CCA, whatever it is? Um, also figuring out where good staff has come from in the past and can you get more? Um, so a high staff retention rate is great, but um, awesome new blood is also really key to making sure that you're on your toes and offering your best programs. So making sure that you're thinking about now, if you haven't already, um, where you're going to get some new blood and some new staff from. Also taking time to book some training for yourself. What conferences are you going to attend? What skills or certifications are you going to get? Um, and again, getting those in your budget to make sure that you have the money uh, and the time that you've scheduled in to be able to go to those trainings. Um, get yourself involved in a mastermind group um, and talk with other camping professionals uh, on a regular basis. Um, they can challenge you to make you better. So uh, making sure you're doing those kinds of things. Um, Sorry, Beth, can you, can you explain uh, just quickly what a mastermind group is? Yeah, I was actually going to get oh. Ruby to do it because <laughs> she's involved in one. So maybe she can tell us um, a little bit about it and what she gets out of it. Sure thing. So there is a, we have a group of four directors uh, and then Travis of Camp Hacker fame uh, <laughs> moderates a phone call for us uh, twice a month and it's fantastic. So basically every call somebody is in the hot seat, which means that you get to come to the call and say, here's something I need help with. And then you have these other people who are able to have um, incredible input and, and ask you great questions. And I always walk away with two to three pages of notes of like, oh, this, I'm going to do this. And, oh, I hadn't thought about it this way. Um, what's great about our mastermind group is we have folks that are in all different places in their career. Um, so I'm the greenest one by far uh, and kind of the lowest on the totem pole too. So I'm a program director. We have an executive director. Um, we're, we have a unique dynamic in that um, we have the current executive director of the camp where uh, Travis and Beth used to work. And so that's kind of fun to see that play out. Um, we have um, uh, a, a lady who is kind of known for she and her husband going in and rebuilding camps, which is like what I want to be one day. Uh, so it's, it's just really cool to have people with so many different experiences to be able to pick each other's brains. Um, and, and the advice and suggestions I've gotten have just been incredibly valuable. Uh, and I look forward to it, too, because, again, it's that peer group. Um, it's also a peer group that's not my peer group here in Western North Carolina. So there are things that I would be hesitant to, to bring up and maybe talk to with some of my other friends here because it's a very small, tight-knit community. Um, but I'm, I'm able to ask these people with great expertise about some of these situations that might be a little tougher, a little more sensitive. Uh, and basically things that are said within that mastermind group stay within the mastermind group. Mm -hmm. Um, except for when you get a really brilliant, great idea and you can walk away and be like, I had this great idea that I got from this mastermind group. Uh, but so many of my great ideas from this last year have, have come from, from that group. So it is worth the time and energy. Uh, it's, it's such an a valuable investment as you as a director, but also in your program. Does that help Gep? Yeah, it totally does. <laughs> okay. You know, because also, uh, <laughs> like, because I do uh, Camp Hacker and, I do, and, and, and Camp Code, um, there's also sometimes there's a certain lingo that's being that's used, and I'm like, 
I think I should know about this. <laughs> I heard about it. It just sounded very mystical and um, <laughs> it sounds awesome and I want to know more. So great. Thank you. I appreciate it. My last um, piece of advice it may sound funny right now, or you may not feel like you just have it in your brain, but I would actually start writing uh, out my sessions, planning my leadership training sessions right now. Um, we never seem to have enough time come January when it's sort of full steam ahead and everything's running and rolling. Um, and it's quieter now a little bit. Um, and so sort of planning out those sessions and getting them done now when I know that I have time is something that I used to do because it's, as we've said already, never a good time to start planning training the week before you run it um, or even the month that you're going to run it. But to get an excellent training, you really have to start early. So I would take some quiet time now and start planning out some sessions and, and how you'd uh, like to get them presented next year. And a lot of us are hitting the road too. So we all know the best work happens in the car, hours <laughs> in the car. I've planned so many sessions. <laughs> That's that actually time. very true. I've done that the same. Is so true. <laughs> That's <laughs> very true. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've come to the part in our co- our podcast where um, Gab is going to give us our recap. <laughs> there, I just want to say that there's so much <laughs> to recap. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't think we should do more of this podcast. (laughs) Look at this. This is insane. (laughs) Okay. First, I would like to say, um, recap, this is the start of season two Camp Code. So that's just exciting. I just want a little (laughs) moment to pause and celebrate. uh, Let's uh, celebrate. Yay. Yay. Um, Okay. <clears throat> in no particular order. Uh, the good thing also about recap, I'll just put in, is that if you feel a little bit overwhelmed or you're, you know, you're like, that was so much information, you know, just choose what will help you for staff training. Choose one or two things. You don't have to do all of this. Th- these are all of our best ideas. And, and trust me, uh, you know, we, we're, none of us here are able to do everything that that we talk about. Um, so just choose the two things that or three things that can really help you and, and don't get too overwhelmed. Just, you know, it's always about just making a little bit better from the year before. Okay. So, uh, basically recapping the starting. All right. First start with hiring yourself. It's very important. And if you can give yourself a raise, that would be nice as well. Uh, <laughs> staff training evaluations, take it with a grain of salt, but also have a little bit of perspective. See other evaluations such as parent and camper evaluations and the year before. Send letters to your staff members or even a personalized video, which I think would be really, really cool. Um, what did staff learn and what did, would they like to know more about is a great question to ask them when you're rehiring them. Inform yourself on what's new by checking out videos and camp conferences. Uh, make sure that your budget is on task, especially if you are a non-for-profit organization. Um, bring back oldies, get inspired, um, get inspired, debrief, and make sure that uh, you're looking at best practices when it comes to hiring your staff members. Uh, There's so much here. Okay, Uh, question board. If you had a question board, use it. Maybe take a picture with it uh, with your iPhone and bring it back for when uh, you're planning for next year. Uh, Read all of your staff reports. They have some really great stuff in there. Masterminds. Apparently, there's a hot seat. I don't know what it means, but it sounds really, really cool. Back on track. Lots of great information, plus it's visually stimulating. Um, There's a great quote by uh, Simon Sink. I have no idea what it is, but it's about big pictures. Uh, And... 
<laughs> uh, plan session now. Uh, it'll really help you decrease your stress when May comes around. There we go. Great. Um, and just so... It, this is not Gab's fault, but just so we're clear, it's Simon Sinek, okay. S-I-N-E-K, if you're looking for him. He does a great piece on tell your why, that people will come to your organization because of your why, not your how or your what, but your why. Um, so how can you get involved in Camp Code? Well, you can join us on the hashtag Camp Code. We'd love to hear what topics you would like us to discuss, what guests you would recommend we talk to, what great leadership tips you have to share with us. We'd love to hear from you because, as you know, we're all about sharing in this industry. So we're just going to quickly tell you how you can contact us individually. Gab? Um, well, you can check out where I work at Waro, O-U-A-R-E-A-U.com. Uh, and you can also um, contact me by email, gabs at Waro.com, or follow me on the Twitter bird, Gabrielle Rail with two L's. Excellent. Ruby? Uh, so you can see a lot of my writing. Uh, I'll be the, one of the main bloggers at greenriverpreserve.org, including a blog about my visit up to the Camp <laughs> headquarters you should definitely <laughs> check out it's life-changing um and then i'm also on twitter at ruby lynn 85 and she's an excellent writer so you should really check her out her blogs are awesome um all my information so camphacker.tv beth at camphacker.tv or hashtag camphacker ruby would you like to tell us what we'll be discussing on our next podcast please for sure. So on our next podcast, we will be discussing how to build a summer leadership team and kind of some of those best practices for getting good people in place and training them going forward. Excellent. Our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership training, and we would love to hear some of your memorable moments or most effective tips, and you can tell us what they are, as we said, using that hashtag camp code. But this week, we're going to hear from Ruby. So for this week's best practice, I would encourage you to ask your staff, what advice would you give to a staff member in your position next year? These, are, these can be things that you wish you had been told or things that you were told. I like to ask this question during my final feedback and coaching session of the summer, so given about a week left of camp, uh, with each staff member. And a lot of times these are the responses uh, where I start when building staff training the next year. Because what usually comes out of this is the things that were really effective, uh, really great words of wisdom that they got during training that stuck with them through this whole experience, or it's the really key things that we missed. Uh, and then I often ask this question again to those staff when they apply again, so during their return staff interview, because a lot of times you're going to hear things that are reinforced, or um, now that they've had some time to process and think about the summer, you may have some new ideas or issues that come to the surface. So when you're looking for the answer to the question of where do I begin, ask your staff that question and they will give you the answer. Excellent. Thank you. And thank you to both of you for our first episode of season two. Uh, don't forget, hashtag camp code. You can join us. And thanks for listening, friends. Please remember, no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for the listening friends. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.